I think that maybe within the team room, there might be joking of, oh, it feels as though we're in our own unconventional warfare. There's psyops that are being used against us. I think that we saw on a larger scale, a lot of the misinformation was, yeah, communist divide tactics along different lines. And being unvaccinated was just almost the worst thing that you could do. So I think we might have seen some similarities and seen a lot of problems with what was going on with the culture. What if a bunch of us little guys banded together? What if we joined together to cancel woke companies? We know what happens. Look at Bud Light and Target. When we say no more, those companies lose millions, if not billions. When we band together, we are a force to be reckoned with. You may ask, what can I do to help? Here's the thing. We have to stop shopping at these woke companies, but we need an alternative of where to shop. That's what I want to tell you about. This is something we all can do right now to kick the deep state in the teeth, stop funding our enemies, and vote with our dollars. We have a parallel economy for around 450 household products. Not only can you cancel brands like Procter & Gamble, Johnson, Unilever, and more, you can also cancel the stores that carry them. We have access to a conservative manufacturer that will replace these brands and the stores you buy them from. It isn't an additional budget item because instead of turning right into Target or left into Walmart, you're going to go shopping online directly from the manufacturer. This is an underground patriot movement that is happening right now. In fact, every 47 seconds, the United States and Canada, a shopper is switching to our online store. And we need you to partner with us, join us, and band together. Show them the power of our numbers. We vote with our dollars every time we spend money. So stop supporting these companies that hate you. We have the alternative Patriot-owned conservative manufacturer that will deliver straight to your door. And you will love the products. Oh, and I didn't mention yet, we have beef. Beef that is completely free from mRNA, free from growth hormones, and free from antibiotics. It's even better than grass-fed, grass-finished beef. I will be hosting a Zoom meeting on September 5th at 8 Central Standard Time. Register at mylibertyproject.org. I will share all the details and show you how to cancel all the woke crap. Enough is enough. Register at mylibertyproject.org. That's mylibertyproject.org. See the link below for mylibertyproject.org. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. All right, well, thank you for joining me again. I first want to give a shout-out to my Patreon supporters. We have an anonymous family donor at $20.20 a month. We have the Plandemic Reprimando at $17.76 with Ty, Charles, Tinfoil, Stanley, Donner, Dr. Anna. We have Frank, Brian, Shell, and Megan. We have Kevin, who's made his own $10 level. We have the Refine Not Burned at $5 with Linda, Emmy, Joe, Pat and Bev, PJ, Rebecca, Marcus, Elizabeth, Dawn, Jennifer, Ken. We have Addison Mulder, who made a $3 level. We have Frank at a $1.50 level. And then we have the Courage is Contagious tier at $1 a month with Amanda, Jay, Best Nasty, Durrell, Susan, BB King, and Rick. I want to thank all the Patreon supporters for su supporting me. If you're interested in having your name mentioned here, please go ahead and go on to Patreon, look me up, and start subscribing. So we have a very special guest today, John Frankman. So, John, tell us a bit about your story, because I'm seeing some things on the wall behind you there that would make me think that you're a Green Beret. Am I correct in that? That is, that is correct. I just left the military July 1st, was assigned at 7 Special Forces Group. So that was my last assignment. And what were the, the particulars around you leaving? Was it you're happy to go, or is this kind of bittersweet leaving, but no, it's the right thing to do? So I think it's more of the latter. It's a bittersweet leaving, but I know it's the right thing to do. And I'm at peace knowing I prayed, discerned, tried to figure out God's will and tried to follow it. But it was mostly around the COVID shot, the difficulties with that implementation. And, and so what is the, and obviously I know you only can speak on your own behalf, but what, what kind of feelings were you getting around um, other people in your, your group, in your team? who were in the special forces, who maybe did or did not want to get the shot? What was the feeling? What was the, the gestalt at the time? Yeah. So 
like at the time you got to break it up into different periods. So I think 2020 was just a different year for everybody and everyone was excited to get back going out the door in 2021. And that's when the COVID shot started rolling out. And what I think you'll find talking to people who held out in special operations units is that the pressure that we received was a lot stronger before the actual mandate went out in August of 21, that it was a lot stronger beforehand. By and large, it seemed as though officers were more or less getting it. I remember there being a sign up January, February of 21 on who wants to get the shot and just seeing that I was the only officer in my company who wasn't going to get it. A lot of the enlisted didn't really want to get it. And I think early on that first couple months, maybe 20, 30%, but there was just a lot of pressure and I didn't feel judged. I'm very grateful for my unit. I think that obviously not trying to get Stockholm syndrome. I think there's more that leaders could have done throughout the entire process of this, but I know other buddies in different special forces groups, different units who had it a lot tougher than me. So I think there was uh, frustration from some leadership because as you might've read in my op-ed, my team lost a mission because 10 of 12 of us were not vaccinated. And it was to a country that did not have a vaccine requirement at the time. And it was before the mandate went into effect. So yeah, more or less, it seemed that guys didn't really want to get it. They acquiesced as first special forces command, a U.S. Army Special Operations Command made it a requirement for deployments for TDYs. And they would change the amount of time that you had to stay in one location or to, what do you call it, the quarantine before, after exposures, things like that. So in order to be more efficient and you know how it is, they made it a readiness issue. So there's just a lot of pressure from the top to get it. I think guys at my level were more or less understanding. Okay. And so did you see more of the, it sounds like more of the officer corps were ready to roll up that sleeve and get it without thinking about it. Whereas maybe more of the enlisted said, Hey, wait a second. I've seen this with anthrax before. Yeah. I, I think that special forces, green rays, our bread and butter is unconventional warfare, foreign internal defense. And that is operations activities taken to coerce, disrupt, overthrow and occupying governments or power. And that involves different psychological operations. And our selection process it involves an IQ test. It involves team assessments. It involves trying to think outside the box and it's unconventional. We're not just trying to look at a cookie cutter answer. So we are supposed to ask those questions. You're given an order and it's not just supposed to be yes, sir, and go on. It's supposed to be, why do you need us to do that? Is this, that the best thing? And one of the difficult things about having a more highly competitive group is that the officer corps, it is a little bit trickier to continue to progress that career. You have to get a certain number of most qualified OERs, hit certain checkpoints, and to be the unvaccinated officer or the team that is not able to deploy, just getting green boxes on PowerPoints through having the most vaccinated team, <laughs> that's that earned points. And I remember a team leader telling me, oh yeah, I had the first team that was fully vaccinated. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I hope that your team wanted to get it and don't have any heart issues later on. But uh, yeah, I, I just told my team as that as a senior raider, I will neither punish or reward you for getting this. I personally don't want to. And then I think it's amazing that 10 and 12 of the guys didn't and they were well informed. So I think if other guys stood up that these numbers could have been much different. And, and you were a captain in the Green Beret, is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. And how long had you been in? So total active duty time, when getting out was about nine years. Okay. Now you brought up a really interesting point that I never really put this together or thought about it, but you and the Green Beret are, you're specialists in the, you specialize in unconventional warfare. Now, was there any concern at the time throughout this that, hey, this could be unconventional warfare used by our leadership against us? So I don't know how many guys would I think that maybe within the team room, there might be joking of, oh, it feels as though we're in our own unconventional warfare. There's psyops that are being used against us. I think that we saw on a larger scale, a lot of the misinformation was, yeah, communist divide tactics along different lines. And being unvaccinated was just almost the worst thing that you could do. Um, so I think we might have seen some similarities and seen a lot of problems with what was going on uh, with the culture. And the reason I ask that is I'm referencing my, I think it's episode 33 that I did, where I used public source documentation to show how the shot itself, not, not the vaccine, but the shot, was a bioweapon developed in part by China. 
and I have all the documentation. I, I show you the Bravo 4 as the redaction code, which says that to expose this part of this document would inhibit the application of the state-of-the-art U.S. weapon system. And I encourage any listener to go back and check out episode 33. It's since then, we've now discovered that some of those redaction codes, what was underneath it was Shanghai, China, was the testing location. And it makes you wonder, if the guys in the Green Berets don't see this as a psychological operation, then it's that good. Yeah, it was. it's incredibly disheartening to not see leadership look at just some of the common sense factors within it. As a religious issue, I took issue with it because every shot that was made was either involved using boarded fetal cells in the testing or in the production. And to me, that is the murder of an unborn child and the continued theft and use of its body parts. It's not just remote material that is here and present now. So that's a moral issue. And then just, do you need it? We all have natural immunity. Everybody's gotten it. My team, many of us went to get our blood drawn to get tested for antibodies to try to prove and show to leadership. And then just the negative side effects. We were tracking issue, heart issues early on. So there was just absolutely no common sense piece of it. I think a lot of officers might say they try to be apolitical, but to me, trying to be apolitical in the military seems like you're trying to bury your head in the sand for the sake of your career. That's my thoughts on that. No, I agree with you. Because episode 33, before I put that into an episode where I talk about the bioweapon, I took that to a commander and I said, sir, look at this. I said, I might be wrong. And if only 1% of what I'm saying is correct, then this is a terrible disaster on the entire military and you need to do something about it. And his response yeah. was, you may be right, Sigloff, and it's a fight you need to continue fighting, but outside the military. And it's an incredible bait and switch. And we all know about just Pfizer and community and that switch. And my team, I think we had a unique experience in that 10 of 12 of us were not vaccinated by the time the mandate came out. And a lot of people who aren't in the military might be like, oh, that's fine. You weren't required to be vaccinated by then. No, that's an incredible feat. We were actually in the middle of the Joint Readiness Training Center in the middle of the woods in Alabama for two weeks. And during the 12-hour break that you have, send a major out to counsel us. Like, that's how vehement they were in trying to get this done. But fortunately, that got pushed off. I told leadership that it's insane to expect these soldiers to make a career decision without the proper medical, religious, legal resources here in the field to have them make a decision within 72 hours whether they're going to receive a shot or not. And that if we're trying to tell soldiers that learning to train and fight to win wars is more important than administrative bullshit and we're doing this in the middle of the woods, then I, I can't convince them of that and we're just not going to get training value. And unfortunately, the training value did diminish even though we were able to push that off to later. I remember the cadre saying we were one of the best teams they had seen, but it definitely was very disheartening to think, oh man, our leadership's, they're not really respecting our space, allowing us to train. But when we got back, I think every, just about every soldier of mine, when they were getting counseled, they brought up the EUA distinction. They said that community is the only one that got approval. Pfizer did not get the approval. How is this a legal order? And I still have my counseling statement and it has various bullet points. One bullet point says that COVID's dangerous. Okay, COVID shots are safe and effective. And I put, they're not safe that VAERS has 10,000 dead at this point. I forgot what number is. I know it's like 30K now, but put, it's not safe. We've had this many killed. It's also not effective. There've been a number of people who've been vaccinated. They still get COVID. Also, you said I'm ordered to receive an FDA approved DLA labeled vaccine. However, none of those are available. So I can't comply with this order. Disagree. And I think a few of my guys might have done that as well. So that was pretty fun. But I put the religious exemption in. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe I should have been gutsier and just let it go to the courts. But who knows? Yeah, and I did it all. All right. I did a medical exemption for myself. But that's not yeah. that's just me. That doesn't help anybody else. I gave out medical exemptions to service members. Yeah. And I also put in a religious accommodation request. Right. And my team, we actually had to talk to the group surgeon. So the group surgeon, the other group doctor, they the week we got back from that month-long trip to Louisiana, which is one of the least desirable kind of trips you can do uh, if you've been, we were, yeah, then forced to stay late to get counsel the first night, to talk to the doctors the next day, and just the most yes men you can run into. It, it was incredible. And we're like, Pfizer, community. They're like, oh, medically interchangeable. 
we even brought up Dr. Long and the, what they said was like, oh, she was a little weird. It's really, can you want to try to respond to the arguments we're bringing up or the data we're bringing instead of saying your data is good and our data is bad. It, wow. it was just in, infuriating and uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Crushed morale. And then people had to wait till yeah, late Thursday to ones who had not get, gotten it. Yeah. Get the shot or get a Gomar. Wow. That's coercion. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. It's Nuremberg. When I, yeah, when I was leaving the military, I had an exit interview with Fulbert just as a captain. And I just asked a number of questions. Do you think this order was legal? Are you tracking? You need an FDA approved shot? Do you, have you heard of the Nuremberg code? Are you doing anything to look into service members who've been hurt by this? There've been more medical things. I, I'm not going to speak to the statistics of it, but it's just weird heart attacks, things like that. Yeah, there's, there's an article out that Brad Miller, who's been a guest here, he did yeah. an interview with a service member, and she's, I believe, about 21 to 23, somewhere in that age, and she's had three heart attacks already. Yeah, it's so sad. It's insane. So yeah, tell me about your religious sure. accommodation request, because you're Catholic, and you started talking about that a little bit, but let's go in deeper into what your argument was. Sure. Yeah. In my background, I am Catholic. When I was 15, I decided to become a Catholic, went through Rite of Christian Initiation for adults. And then in college, went to a Protestant evangelical school where as a new Catholic, I was challenged my faith a lot. And it made me love my faith more and made me consider being a priest. So I spent four years studying for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and the military archdiocese with the thoughts of becoming a chaplain in the military. However, it's a six-year program. If you already have a college degree, I discerned out before receiving any ordination and then went from seminary to IBULIC, Infantry Basic Officer Leadership Course, where my platoon nicknamed me the Machine Gun Preacher, and then thought, let's give selection a shot. So yeah, the religious piece was, that, that was huge, but I, I think that the unfortunate thing that our culture does or that the military does in having you talk to a chaplain to make sure your reasons are religious is it sees this distinction between faith and reason, and it's not there. The God of the eternal law, the God of truth, he speaks to us through both the divine law and his revelation, but also through the natural law, through science when done properly, through philosophy. But I knew early on that the COVID shots all used aborted fetal cells. And I had heard the argument that is remote material cooperation, that if the risk is grave enough, if there's sufficient danger, no other alternative, then it's something that you can use. I knew it wasn't that risky or dangerous for me to to not receive the shot. At first, it just seemed sketchy. But then as I continued to research and learn more, I heard that it explained as though, even though it uses an aborted fetal cell that was developed in the 70s or harvested, killed in the 70s, that we still, that, that was what, HEK273, something like that. So 273 had been harvested beforehand, killed beforehand. And it's the continued theft of that baby's body parts. So it's not only the sin of murder, but it's also the sin of theft. We have no rights to that baby's body. There is a reason why when service members are killed overseas, we try to do everything we can to recover their bodies, to inter them here at home, because the body, it's the house of the soul. It's something sacred, and we should show respect to it. Uh, that's not only for our service members, but for human beings who, from the moment of conception. So just all of those various factors in there. And I really appreciated a priest putting it in terms of this, that thou shalt, count, thou shalt not kill is a commandment as well. And that means harming yourself too. Um, it's not prudential to get this shot, the risk reward. So he explained it as a mortal sin with regards to the aborted fetal cell, but also grave matter with regards to prudence. So if there's grave matter on both those sides, it's just not the right thing to do. And just through prayer, discernment, trying to hear God's voice, I just found I was at more peace. And I knew there were options of getting the shot without getting the shot. And I just didn't want any of that because I think that causes the sin of scandal, where if I think that it's a sin, I can't do something that makes people think I did it and then cause them to fall into sin. So was trying to find what's the best, most perfect way to try to glorify God. And I sin in a number of ways, and I know this issue wasn't clear. So it's try to stay as humble as I can, but that's just the choice that I feel God gave me the grace to make. I was listening to Dennis Prager talk a while back, and he was talking about it's a sin to lie, but mm -hmm. is it a sin to lie when you're in Nazi Germany and you have Jews underneath your floorboards and you're protecting them? 
and, and right. you know, he, he walked through that and how it's not a sin to lie. And some people use that as reason to fake their vaccine cards. But I think you mm -hmm. bring up a better point that we're not there yet. This actually isn't Nazi Germany, or at least not that bad yet. And to get a fake card, I think, will allow other people who would have stood had they been standing with others, have allowed them to fall. And I, and I commend you on your stance of not doing that, because I, from what I can see, from what I understand, it seems mm -hmm. like that was pretty rampant throughout, especially this, the community, the Special Forces community, to get the fake card. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anyone right. who did. Right. And throughout the military, just in general, not only the special force community, but the military. And it's because I got to continue my career. I've got to feed my family. If you're an infantry guy mm -hmm. yeah. and you don't have anything to fall back on, what, how do you feed your family? There's right. not a lot of jobs and, kicking doors and shooting people. Yeah. And God will provide and he'll bring good out of the evil. So I know it's a difficult situation. Everybody has different crosses to bear. And I know that mine has not been one of the tougher ones, but yeah, he's definitely bringing some good out of this tough situation. Yeah, and I think it's I think the stance you've taken is commendable and it's a wonderful thing and it's a testament to God's glory that you're able to do that and to show people how it's done. Yes, let's get into some of your sacrifices that you had to give up for this, which obviously the reward is worth any sacrifice because you're not going to have those heart problems. You're not going to have those moral injury to yourself. You're not going to have those concerns about sin that it's not that we don't sin. We're all sinners and we've all fall short of the glory of God. But we also don't want to purposefully go sin more just to get more sure. grace because that's not really how right. that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Paul's pretty explicit about that. Yeah. Yeah. But... Tell us some of the things that you've had to give up just off face value, like right away. Like you may not know in the long run what that could have led to eventually, but some of the things you've had to give up. One of the things was a J set to another country. And when guys join special forces, they go in order to deploy. That's like why you go into special operations unit, why you go through six weeks of SUT, three weeks of SEER, small unit tactics, three weeks of SEER, survival, evasion, resistance, escape, just a couple of years at the qualification course and just hard, hard training because you want to get out the door and you want to deploy. And with Afghanistan winding down, there are not as many trips so that the trips you do want to go do, you absolutely do everything you can to get to. And teams will try to show and maneuver how good they are in order to take advantage of those trips. And there's J sets or joint combined exchange trainings that teams will get to go on it. And our team had one planned for six weeks. And in June of 21, before the mandate was out, I think the first special forces command changed it to where you needed to be vaccinated in order to go TDY. And my team was 10 to 12, not vaccinated at the time. So I talked to the company commander and he said, Hey, John, I know your team does not want to get the shot, but it's now a requirement. So what's it going to be? Is your team going to get the shot or are you, we going to have to take the J set from you? Or are you going to have to give it up? And I had talked to everybody about this situation beforehand, and there was only one person who would be willing to get it. So I just told the commander, you're going to have to take that. And it, it was heartbreaking. It was tough. And that would have been my only trip out the door as a team leader. So that was one thing. And then after the mandate went into effect, team had another trip coming up and I had my team time cut short. So because they were going to go on a trip and I was not vaccinated, I would not have been able to go. So got taken off the team early. Um, still appreciative of my leadership for trying to help me out career-wise, not totally tanking my OER. So that was another thing. And then I was accepted uh, to teach philosophy and ethics at uh, West Point. So ethics, ha. And so it was through the Simon Center Military Ethics. I'd gotten into all the schools I wanted to get into, was able to try to convince them to let me go to various Catholic ones, University of Dallas, Catholic U. And I put the exemption in October of 2021. And I thought, at least I'll know by next summer, which is when I will have to PCS. So summer of 22 was when I was supposed to PCS to go to two years of grad school and teach for three years. And then I would have three more years of a commitment. So I was going to be a career officer. That was what I made my decision up for. And that's a lot of security, a lot of knowing what you're going to do. And I, I just enjoy school. So unfortunately, didn't get the, the exemption back in time, had to give up that opportunity. And then even after the mandate was rescinded, I called West Point, I called Human Resources Command. And my Contacts at West Point said they had already filled up those slots for teachings. So that was one kind of impossibility. And then the other was that Human Resource Command said I was already up for promotion to major. 
And that means that they couldn't change my year group. So just these rules. And it's like, what am I going to do? I just spent a year in the three shop. Am I going to be a year and a half, two year post team captain, just trying to continue on and take a company. And it just totally threw off the trajectory of the career as well as other trips. So I think, um, all the captains got to go to intermediate level education or ILE, a trip there. And I wasn't allowed to go TDY. So traveling within the country was something I was not allowed to do while the vaccine mandate, while my religious exemption was pending, which is funny because I went to Spain a couple of times. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it, it's it, welcome to Wally's world. There are no rules. It just makes no sense. Did you ever get a uh, religious accommodation request granted because for me personally they rejected it and they rejected it twice and then I was going to appeal it again and then the mandate went away and so they're like you don't need it now but I still want it because this is going to come back again so yeah the mandate it it just went away so I sat there for a year and three months it never got answered we actually had a two-star general come to seventh group and he had a town hall meeting and he was just fishing for questions. So I joked with my buddies, oh, maybe I should ask him about, about the shot, things like that. And he was just, you got to that kind of lull where it's like, all right, he's looking for some questions. Do I have some fun? He's like, any gripes, complaints? And I'm like, all right, that's a sign from God. So I raised my hand. Hey, sir, Captain Frankman, AS3 over 3.7. Two weeks ago, the CDC changed its guidance with regards to people who are vaccinated and not vaccinated. And they said that there is now no distinction. There's about 31 of us here at seven special forces group who are not vaccinated and we cannot go TDY. We can't deploy. We can't PCS. So that said, is there any kind of conversation about rescinding the vaccine mandate or doing away with that? And when are we going to hear back from our religious exemptions? And it, yeah, I told him it had been over a year and he just shouted out, have you heard of Novavax? And I said, yeah, he uses aborted fetal cells. I think he was shocked to know I knew that or... I don't know. Was, man, my talking point didn't work. They briefed all of us generals. It works every time. I don't know. It's just, it, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. And my concern with Novavax, because they offered that to me also, and I said, but it says it has cholesterol in it and it doesn't describe it anymore. And my concern is these cholesterol, which is the lipid nanoparticles, which I believe is a bioweapon. And it, they wanted, they told me yeah. to get it when it had been less than a month after me having heart surgery and I was still on anticoagulants. Yeah, it's insane. And people are just in such denial about this being the cause of their side effects. I remember running into a major at a bar and he, he's a little sloshed, whatever. And just like hearing his wife having such bad reactions, just like shingles right after. And that's the first dose. And you go back for the second dose and it just doesn't make sense. And just, oh, doctor said it wasn't related at all. It's like really 24 hours, 48 hours later. I think people are forgetting how science works, like cause and effect and looking I studied chemical physics undergrad, and I just remember being in analytical chemistry and trying to find what is that agent that's causing everything. And when you have just this totally new set of data with just some totally new thing that's being thrown in, there's, it's impossible to not look for some kind of correlation. But um, yeah, people are blinded right now. When using that, that causation isn't correlation BS that's going around, there's still, if we don't know anything about it and there's any safety signal, the prudent and wise thing would be to immediately stop administering something that seems to be associated with terrible, disastrous outcomes to the way we defend our country. Yeah. But I'm just feeling no, that doc. What do I know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's pretty wild. The decisions that were made, not made. And just everybody more or less going along with it. So, yeah, it just makes me grateful to, for whatever reason, just being able to think critically through it, having the fortitude to follow my convictions. And that's where in, in my article, I try to say, what do we do from this? Where do we go from here? We can say, always do the right thing no matter what, but that's just cliche. I think there needs to be just a reassessment of our principles and values. And I firmly believe you get the leaders you deserve. If we had a super morally straight service class, like captain below, major below, whatever, we wouldn't just blindly follow whatever orders that were given. There would be some kind of critical thought. There would be an adherence to principle over expediency. And right now, I think that a lot of the factors of just political expediency, career expediency, not wanting to be apolitical. Yeah, it's, it's tough. We got a battle, but it's exciting. 
Yeah, and I think one thing that's important is when you come to the table and you're Christian, whether you're Protestant or Catholic or whatever, you, you identify as Christian, that is a part of you. And you can't separate that from how you think because it is a part of you. It, it's the lens in which you view the world. And so when something goes against that, you have to stand against it. Yeah, absolutely. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. And I think that the greatest success story that we have in this world is Jesus Christ, who suffered, died, was buried. And by all human means, that does not seem successful. But God brought the our salvation out of that and just his complete glorification. Yeah, we need to suffer with him to the best extent we can. But this is this is an argument that I, I'd be curious if you had not heard this before. I'm sure you have, because you were applying for a religious accommodation request, and you're Catholic. And I believe the Pope said that to yep. get the shot is an act of love, which I completely disagree with. And most Catholics that yep. I've talked to sure. also disagree with this particular Pope about many issues. So how did you square that? What argument did you use? And I, I included that in my religious exemption. And... The Catholic faith, what's, man, there's so many ways to go, but I guess I would start by saying that there's different levels of assent that's given to different teachings. So we know that the scripture is God's infallible word, and there are traditions that just have to be held no matter what. And that's the creed, different councils, de fide statements. So there are things that you have to hold de fide. There's things you hold de tenenda, so on and so forth. And the Pope when he says something on a plane or in an interview, or he just writes something in an encyclical, that's not, there's different levels of assent that you give to it, but it's like a faithful obedience. And another thing I pointed out to other people is that, is Pope Francis batting a thousand? Not exactly. He's said some questionable things. And at this point, I think it's okay for a Catholic to be a little skeptical, hold to the teachings that has been handed on. If anyone teaches a different gospel, you have to reject it. So I think with a few things, he's been off a little bit. But what that came down to was a congregation of the doctrine of faith, now dicastery for the doctrine of faith, statement that said that it's morally acceptable to get the shot because of the danger of COVID and because there's no other means available. But if a person wants to abstain, then they should be allowed to follow their conscience. I just disagree with all of those premises. I think that, except for the conscience thing, but COVID wasn't that dangerous. For those of us who had antibodies, I know some people who died from it. People got very sick from it. But for our young, healthy population, it was not that dangerous. And then I think that there were alternative cures out there that were hidden from us, unfortunately, in order to get EUA vaccines approved, which is just extremely malicious on a whole another level. There were also cardinals, bishops who had disagreed with the Pope and who had express their support for individuals who were not going to get the shots. I followed my conscience. I followed other religious leaders who I respect. And that doesn't mean that you can just go on ahead and disagree with things the church teaches. You have to hold to those day fide teachings. And I'm a faithful Catholic, love Pope Francis, encourage everyone to pray for him. But I think on that point, he was misinformed. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I'm not trying to put the space of light between you and the Catholic Church, but I think it's important sure. that you stick to those traditions, because in, in Catholicism, tradition is, from my understanding, is quite important. And I think it's good that we call, we pray for our leaders, even those that we may not agree with, because that's how we can change hearts. If not their heart, we change our own heart and how we look at them mm -hmm. and how yeah. we interact with them. Yeah, and I think we need to do that especially. There are a lot of leaders and a lot of people who are listening to this or who didn't get the shot and they experienced extreme persecution, like beyond what I've experienced, you've experienced. But to pray for them, to try to understand where they're coming from, to see their fallenness, their sinfulness, understanding if you didn't have the grace you got, that maybe you would have fallen even further. And I can, not every, my leaders, they didn't all go to seminary for four years. They don't all have the same relationship with Jesus Christ that I have. I encourage them to enter into that kind of relationship, to seek him who is truth, but to really pray for them, try to understand, but still to work for justice so that something like this doesn't happen again. We already had Nuremberg, and I've heard this called Nuremberg 2.0, and I do believe that there are way too many similarities. Yeah, and, and we always have to remember that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities of darkness. And so the guy who who's trying to destroy me 
there's something in him that I'm fighting against, but I'm, I should love him, which is hard to do. I'm going to tell you, it is hard to do to love these people yeah. as it's easier to love my neighbor who is confused, but it's harder to love, let's say the commander who suspended me, but to pray for them is what's good for their soul. And hopefully through this terrible disaster of all of humanity, we'll have more souls in heaven with us than if this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how it was Christianity, Christianity spread versus Islam spread. And actually, it's funny. I had to actually answer that to the to the colonel I talked to, because as I was asking him these questions, he got into gaslight mode and accused me of extremist mode to where it's you're in a dark space. Because I asked him, he's like, "Why are you leaving?" And I just went through everything I told you about my team and what happened to me, and asked, "What would you do if my, you were in my situation?" He's like, "Okay, sure." And then I asked, "Do you think it was legal? Do you understand it requires an FDA approved shot?" He said, oh, I'm not a doctor. So your doctors are yes men. I think I might've said it that way. I probably should have said it different. Have you looked in that people have been injured and have people have been injured? Have you heard of Nuremberg? At this point, he's like, you're in a dark spot too much. And I said, my conscience is clear. I feel good. And then going into too much extremism is bad. Have you heard of the Crusades? And I'm like, yeah, I think that's, I thought that was a little bit off topic, but I tried to give a brief explanation that that's Islam, Islam spread through the sword. It, Christianity, it spread through the blood of martyrs, through people who, who martyr is a witness, but they're willing to die for their faith. Yeah, I was asked a number of other questions, which was pretty fun, but anyway. And what's interesting about the Crusades is I think people forget that the reason the Crusades, and I'm not saying they're right, I'm not saying the Crusades were a good thing, because more death and destruction and chaos and that is not a good thing, but they were a response to be kicking Christians and Jews out and murdering them. It's, they felt justified in doing it. doesn't mean it was right, but it wasn't unprovoked. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'll have to do a little bit more historical research, but I think some of them were fine, just fine. Didn't need to sack the Eastern Church and cause that kind of schism or problems. But yeah, I, I think we forget that, gosh, there's so many battles where Christianity could have been lost. Charlemagne, Our Lady of the Rosary, just, just yeah, I, I should just be a better historian right now to better explain it. But just Spain was almost all Moorish. I know that's what Europe looks like now with a lot of the it's going immigration back. going yeah. on. Yeah, it's going back. It's I saw a great meme. It's do you know how you see say cheeseburger in France and it has Arabic and yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> But we digress, right, as they say. We digress. But yeah, no, sure. I think that yeah. <laughs> That's, those are good arguments. And I want to really, the main reason for saying that is that you can disagree with your, your let's say your corporate religious affiliation, like the Catholics or the Lutherans or yeah. the Protestants or whatever, and still have your own personally held beliefs, which need to be respected. Even if you're an atheist, you can get a religious accommodation because they're your deeply held beliefs. I would say as a Catholic, I can't go on ahead and get a religious exemption to say, I want my girlfriend to get an abortion, even if that's the oh, yeah, That's, that's like I'm using an extreme example. I think, yeah. It, yeah, and it's tough, man. And that's what's tough about the situation that the church, the Catholic church is in right now with a lot of kind of malformation, things like that. But when it says follow your conscience, we mean inform your conscience and follow it, that you have a right. job and a responsibility. Jesus Christ, like the, we are like God in his image insofar as we have an intellect and a will. And we were made to know him, and then our will is made to serve him and to follow him. So it's on our it's our responsibility to inform our intellect. And that means to inform it of what's right and wrong. So I wouldn't just say you can necessarily just disagree with corporate things. I think that just, yeah, I hate how nuanced it has to be. But right now, if what the Pope is saying contradicts a former council, so let's say people are saying, oh, Vatican II says this, so everything in Trent is wrong, everything in Nicaea everything in Ephesus is like, we're Catholics and we follow every council. And anywhere that councils disagree with each other, you're interpreting one of them wrong. I know that's maybe a little off topic, but I definitely enjoy chatting about these kind of things. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I've been studying the Old Testament more, and it seems like there's times where there's almost a different God. But in reality, it's a misunderstanding of what's going on, because like, why would this happen? Why would that happen? But it's really once you get into the deeper meaning of it and get into the original text and the meaning of those words that were used, then it's, oh, okay. And something as simple that I learned that always confused me when was it Ham looked upon his father's nakedness. This is an interesting thing. It's he didn't just look at his drunk father laying there. What that right. means, looking upon your father's nakedness, is means having sex with your dad's wife. So he raped his mother. That's what that means in the ancient Hebrew text. Yeah, another level. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so usually the misunderstanding in English is because we don't understand the original mm -hmm. text. Yeah, a lot of original text, a lot of, yeah, just people not having enough time to just study for themselves. And that's one reason I'll, I'll push for Catholicism all day long. You can have 10,000, 30,000 plus churches with the same Bible interpreting it differently. But I think that's where you need the authority and just scholars to help you work out the theology. But I think you're totally right that there are a lot of things that people on the surface, let's just say a lot of maybe modern people who they just want to point to the text that judge not lest you be judged and leave it at that. You can't just select that piece of the scripture. You need to live the whole thing. You need to read the whole thing. And that applies to this COVID shot too, that you can't just be a Catholic on Sunday or, or Protestant on Sunday. You have to follow out these convictions, these your faith everywhere. And that includes in the decision to get a shot that is linked to abortion. The murder and the theft of an aborted baby's body parts, fetus, like the baby itself, for disease, you have a 99.99% chance of surviving. And that is what I answered that colonel. He asked, what would you say to a Christian who got it? I said, I would ask if they can justify that kind of action. And if they were Catholic, they should consider going to confession to a good priest, because I do think that the gravity of the matter that I think it is a sin. And I know there's different levels of culpability. So perhaps not knowing it, it wasn't a sin, but I think with proper knowledge, it's, it is a, it's a problem. Right. And following that up, because there are plenty of people that listen to this and, and watch this that, that have got the shot because they didn't know when they thought they could trust, right. let's say their doctor or their neighbor or whoever, there's forgiveness at the foot of the cross. Yeah. And if you also didn't know if, Let's say you're Catholic and all you did is hear Pope Francis say you can get it and you got it. There's no sin in that. You didn't, the matter is bad. I guess we, we look at sin having multiple parts, having the object, having the intent, the circumstance, but not knowing it, there's just a way different level of culpability there. And yeah, there's absolutely forgiveness for those people who got it. But what you need to do in all parts of your life is if you fall below the standard is repent. And then you're raising yourself to that standard instead of justifying yourself living down at that standard. So raising yourself to new heights in Christ. Exactly. Repent. There's always forgiveness and don't continue living in sin on purpose just to get more grace. Cause we already said that does, that's not how that works, no. but and I'll make sure that I, I humble myself too, and say that this COVID shot thing, very blessed to have just gotten, talked to some great priests, been able to pray about it and just come to the conclusion that, Hey, this isn't a thing I should do. But you know what, even though this is a lot more confusing and I was able to figure that out, there are so many things that I know are sins and I continue to do them just regularly. So Amen. I'm Amen. a sinner. We're all sinners. I'll get a confession yeah. I need to. This is not a judgment thing. This is just about trying to do what's right now, trying to reconcile what happened and move forward so that we can have a better life for ourselves, like spiritually, eternally, but also just for this country. And one thing I want to encourage the listeners is if you repent and you come to Jesus and you have that moment where you confess your sins, forgive yourself too. Don't keep living in the past of the sin that's been forgiven because it's not helpful for you now and it's not helpful for those around you being concerned about those things when you've done all the things and you've changed your life and you're making those direction changes. Forgive yourself and move past Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yep. You're not greater than God. If he forgave you, then you need to forgive yourself. <laughs> exactly. I like it. So just something unique that you've seen. Yeah. So one of the biggest surprises that I had at seventh group was when I went to seventh group, we got assigned to our battalions and it was a haphazard way. It was like, okay, we're sending five captains to third battalion. And then we're just going to switch first battalion, second battalion, first battalion, second battalion. But of all places, I ended up at third battalion. And one of the surprises that I encountered there was my battalion was then deployed and the acting rear detachment battalion commander was a transgender major. So that I think was the, one of the first moral dilemmas that I just had never thought I would encounter in the military that I had to encounter. Because one, I'm called to love this person, to respect him. And it's a man who identifies as a woman. And I'm not trying to seek martyrdom. And I think that's something that hopefully those of us listening aren't trying to do. So I called legal assistance. I asked, hey, what am I legally required to call an individual who is a man, identifies as a woman, or this person. And got the legal assistance got back to me in a week or two, said, okay, got back, levels at the Pentagon. And the, yeah, I know, I'm like, whoa, okay. I guess this, you had to go up that high with legal assistance, huh? 
And he asked, are you sure this person's your commander? I'm like, I'm not sure. But right now, this individual, and I, I had to just be super like third person, singular, weird pronouns. This person is here because I'm not trying to misgender with a lawyer or two. I'm not sure, but right now this person is acting as the, yeah, the rear battalion commander. And she was like, all right, can't misgender. You can do rank and last name. That individual is going to know what you're doing. You're going to know that person knows. Yeah, you guys are both going to know what you're doing. It may affect the perception, but you'll be legally okay. I'm like, cool. It was, good morning, major such and such. How are you major and such and such? What can I do for your major such and such? And as far as I could tell, I was the only person doing that. And I don't know. I just, and it's to be charitable because if we believe, if we're Christians, we really, we shouldn't lie. And if someone suffers from a mental debilitation or psychological disorder, someone with schizophrenia, we're not going to encourage that behavior. We're going to try to love the person. And I would encourage everyone to please pray for this individual and pray for this individual's family as well. Like the person's kids, like it's a tough situation, but it was, yeah, it was interesting. I ended up not going to, to his company, went to a different company. I think that was one of the better personnel decisions that, but, and it was completely cordial, respectful. I think he did fine work, but it's, yeah, it's just crazy how that's how, and just with the shot going on, it's okay. They can identify as someone of the opposite sex, but I can't just not get a shot. Like what kind of accommodations are we making here? I applaud you for making that distinction because it's not the person that 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 we dislike that we love the person. It's just it's we also don't want to enter into their psychosis. Really, I don't know how else you describe it. Yeah, and I think that conservatives are very much losing the battle, the cultural battle, because to say that okay, it can't be, we'll allow gay marriage, but just we don't want people to be transgender, or you can be a transgender when you're an adult. I think that everyone has. A culture has the duty to try to legislate what is morally expedient for the greater good of the culture. And you're trying to create like this false legislation, positive legislation by legislating immorality and trying to create a farce of what people think is right and acceptable. And it's not acceptable for two people of the same sex to get married. That, and that is a bad standard to show to children. It's not fair to children to grow up in those families. Anyway, I'm just getting myself canceled here and there on my first podcast, but no, that's okay. You're getting me canceled on my whatever podcast. No, this, these are good reasons to, to, to go against this because I have to be careful any show that I show my kids. Oh, look, that little child over there in this show that we're watching has two dads or two moms. It's, so now we've had had that conversation already. And these are homeschool kids. These aren't kids going to public school that are getting exposed yeah. to everything. And we, we tell them where to love them and they're confused. And, and we pray for them that they become less confused. And that's where we leave it at this age because they're still very young. Right. And obviously it's going to take some baby steps legislatively. We're not just going to go, you know, back to 1950s tomorrow if we win back in 2024, but it would just be nice if there were more kind of social conservatives who were actually socially conservative and tried to understand if people tried to understand the value that those social issues, the family being the building block of society is such an important thing. And if you just don't have a strong family, you don't have strong children, you don't have strong citizens. I know I'm a single guy here saying this, but firmly believe it and support it. No, but you're right. You're absolutely right. It's the family is the the building block that makes up the society. And when the family is destroyed or when fathers are made to look like bumbling idiots on almost every TV show that we right. have, and then families don't respect the father, then there's legislation enacted back in the 60s that made fathers redundant. And so now it's more financially beneficial to have single parent families and the research yeah. shows that if you have a single parent family and it's only the mom versus only the dad the families that raise the children where it's only the dad are equal to two parent families whereas households that have only the mom they don't finish high school they don't you know get out of high school without having a teen pregnancy just all these issues right yeah. Yeah. There's a few research studies just like that on if the mom goes to church every Sunday versus if the dad goes to church every Sunday, the family with the dad going is going to be 75% likely to go. And I think the mom only is 25. It's incredible. Yeah. And it just, and this is a call to men out there to be men. 
to be leaders in your family or to be leaders in your community or to take that role of leadership that you've been given, whether you want it or not, it's an uncomfortable mantle to be a leader. And when I spoke to Brad Miller before, he said the people who are the true leaders are the ones that are willing to give up that actual leadership in the military, the, where you're put into a position like, that means that you're actually worth it if you're willing to give it up for a reason that was worth giving it up for. Yeah, definitely an incredible example. And unfortunately, we don't have more leaders like that. And, but you, sir, are one of those leaders, and I want to commend you for that. Yeah, thanks so much. I am just trying to discern God's will, follow it as I can. And I think that God knows what sinners we are right now, insofar as what incredible things have I done in the military. I didn't call a transgender individual a man, and I also just didn't get a shot that I thought was going to be dangerous for me. And that is somehow an exceptional feat in society. So I think God's given us some softballs right now to try to build up virtue, and, but I do appreciate the kind words. John, I know you, you started this long, hard road. I want to commend you for your, your bravery, for your willingness to follow God, even when it seems that in the ways of the world, what you're doing is not wise. It is. We find that the foolish will confound the wise, and I think this is one of those perfect examples of what the world considers foolish is actually quite wise. And I'll be praying for you, and I hope that many of the listeners and the viewers will be praying for you that you find the way that God wants you to, to take, whether that be seminary or whether that be becoming a priest or some other way of following. I'm, I'm sure you will follow whatever path he has put forth before you. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so much for everything you're doing. I'll pray for you, pray for your family, and please continue to spread the good word. Thank you, and God bless. God bless. Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear.